How many times have you listened to uh, Daytona? Eh, really not that much, honestly. Really? Yeah. Like it's it, just so easy to get through. I know. I know. But I don't know. I like During my day, I can't really listen to anything that's too lyrically intensive uh-huh. when I'm writing. So I can't listen to it really when I'm at work, which is the time I would. But I don't know. On the way into work, sometimes. Do you, uh, when you're writing stuff, does it is it um, distracting to have something that's too lyrical? Yeah. Like, do you find yourself paying attention to it too much? One hundred percent. I can't listen to rap. Period. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I feel too. When when I'm trying to write something, or when I'm trying to just kind of relax, or like when I'm working, my boss he'll put on he'll put on just bullshit. Like I've talked about it in the past, like the kind of like like pop music and shit that he puts on, mm-hmm. but he puts it on because he doesn't, he just needs background noise. He doesn't yeah. like the silence. Yeah. He doesn't care what's on. Sometimes he'll completely forget about what's playing. And I'll ask him like, Oh, did you hear that? And he's like, oh, I wasn't really even listening to it. Right. It's he just, doesn't care. It's just sound. Yeah. It's just something mm-hmm. to, uh, to cut the silence and to yeah. just fill up the room. But when, you know, he starts playing like something that's something that's unbearably bad. Mm-hmm. Like if he just leaves it on like top forty radio and then some EDM song comes on or something like that, I'm looking at him like, dog, come on. <laughs> like it's you can put on Chris Stapleton or like whatever you want to put on, and I'll deal with that. Chris Stapleton's a bad example. I like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like I can't I, I pay attention to shit like that too much. Right. You know? Um Okay, but I've listened to it a thousand times. Like like a realistic number for for how many times I've listened to Pusha T's Daytona. I mean, probably like thirty or forty times. I believe it's like <laughs> how long is it? It's like thirty minutes. It's twenty one minutes. Okay. Yeah, so it doesn't even crack thirty no. minutes. Seven songs, but you know, when you can do it in seven, just do it in seven. Yeah, I mean, if if it could have been ten songs and have like three filler tracks. Uh, I'd rather it be seven. Right, just do it in seven. Yeah, you know that's that's what's been plaguing him. His entire solo career has been just putting together albums where there's like seven or eight just absolute bangers. Yeah, and then you know he just fills the rest out with meh. Mm-hmm. So it's like just take it out, just take out the meh. Yeah, and if it if it cuts it down to seven. Psh- Cuts down to fucking seven, man. I have an existential question about the uh, what what is considered a an album, but I want you to introduce the beer first. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, Us guys, too, actually. Guys, <laughs> my name's Marco. Uh, Marco Dupa. If you didn't realize, you can actually Google that. Look at uh, look up Google. Uh, God damn, that is not how you sell yourself. You're cutting the worst promo Jesus right now. Jesus Christ. Marco Dupa, M-A-R-C-O-D-U-P-A. Google that shit. Look it up on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon Prime, everywhere. And you'll get a nice little surprise there with two of the host's face. Oh, yeah. Uh, And that host I just mentioned, Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What's up, everybody? Tonight's brew is from the... Green Man. Yes, Green Man. Right? Yeah. Green Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's from the Green Man Brewing Company. It's the Trickster IPA. Actually, uh, Obi brought this up. And uh, or um, did you actually mention it by name, or this was just one of the interesting ones that you saw? It was just an interesting one I saw. Okay. Right. Uh, when we picked up the uh, what was what was the name of the double? Uh, uh, the name of a hop Simcoe. Yes, yes. And yeah, this yeah. is made with Simcoe. There Juicy Simcoe, Mosaic, and Eldorado hops mingle with pure green man imagination to form this tropical IPA disturbance. Ooh. The can's pretty cool, too. Yeah, 7% from mm. Asheville, North Carolina. That's right, that's right, that's right. We're going to have a good time. This is One Baron Podcast.
Okay. But as I was saying, you know, my first impression of the album was that it was great, but piece of me was saying at seven tracks running at only 21 minutes, yeah. is this really an album? Because it seems like an EP to me. Yeah. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, it, it, he can call it whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Seven tracks, not even clocking 25 minutes. That's an EP. Yeah. Well, what maketh an album, sir? Well, the the thing about it is these artists, they're doing, you know, it's interesting and at the same time a little frustrating mm-hmm. that artists are now, they're doing so many things that, like, it's hard to, to define what a body of work is. Mm-hmm. You know, Drake puts out More Life, more and that's life, right. a playlist. Sure. Okay. Kanye puts out Life of Pablo, and it's... An, an organic, ever-evolving, ever-changing track listing that is literally alive on Tidal. Now, not anymore. But for right. the first, like, four or five months, he would just change it after he released it. He'd put different versions of songs on there. He'd put new songs. He finally finished the track listing, mm-hmm. and there's two new songs on it that weren't on the initial release. There's like three different versions of the of of the same songs. Mm-hmm. So it's like a different album now than yeah. it was when it was initially released. Right. Um Pusha T now with seven with a seven track album and according to Kanye West, all of the Kanye West produced projects are going to be seven tracks. So that means this hmm. one Kanye or Kanye's album, which is coming out pretty soon, is actually coming out. I think at the end of the week. Yeah, I heard there was going to be like a listening party or something. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Maybe it's tomorrow. It's supposed. (gasps) No, wait. What's today? Wednesday. It comes out Friday. Okay. So Kanye's album, seven tracks. His collaborative album with Kid Cudi, seven tracks. Nas's album, seven tracks. Right. And then the uh, Tatiana Taylor album is seven tracks. So, yeah. Hmm. There's like this unity and whatever feeling seven the number seven whatever we're not here to analyze stuff like that it's yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to kind of nail down what the fuck an album is anymore you know like it used to be you know you knew what it was it came out it was 12 to 18 19 tracks Mm -hmm. and uh you know it was a project. It was a fully realized, right. this is the thing. Well, and at, at first, that was all based on the format. So you had an LP, which was a double-sided record, and that stored, uh, what, like an hour of yeah. time, something like that? Yeah. Um, so your medium kind of uh, could directly impacted what the project could and couldn't be. Yeah. So you could do a double album if you wanted, but... If you're, you know, say you have a couple tracks that run over the the time limit, you're not going to put that and press it on a completely different record. Right. You know, so you'll have a few singles. Back in the day, there were singles. And then there was real singles. Real singles. Yeah. I I remember seeing them in stores on cassette, (laughs) in CD form. You could could buy a single with some B-sides on it. Um, But now that we're in a digital world, you can kind of do whatever you want. But I just find it interesting that somebody would kind of do the opposite of what you'd expect, which is pare it down to as minimal as possible. Yeah. And make it just this this bare bones, seven track, less than a half hour project and, and call it an album. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes against the the current tide of how people are releasing albums right now. And this is actually something that I've been alluding to in my one minute reviews where people are fucking releasing these 20, 23 track long albums. And the theory, nobody's actually come out and said, this is why my album is so long. But the theory, the running theory, is that you just make more money mm-hmm. when you have that many tracks on your album. If you're a big name artist, say you're Migos or you're... Uh, uh, um, t- fucking uh post malone or yeah. somebody like that who you know when they release an album it's gonna make a big fuss mm-hmm. people are gonna talk about it and it's gonna uh trend on twitter and everything you put out an 18 track album versus a seven track album mm-hmm. that's 18 opportunities 
for a song to stream. Right, because and then on top of that, people can buy the songs piecemeal. Right. So that's eighteen more opportunities that right. you have to, to have just somebody download that one track they like out of your album. Right. As opposed to just downloading the entire thing. Right. And the more songs that you have, the more opportunities you have to get on these curated playlists mm, mm. and uh, the more opportunities you have for them to just spread more. Yep. Seven tracks, you know, if you're not, I mean, that's just, that's so scant right. that like once you, you know, so people, a lot of people nowadays are so quick to just stream something for the the one time kind of digest it and then move on to the next thing yep. seven tracks can be digested before you while you're getting ready to work yeah. for well, work I, I listened to that album on the way to work yeah the, the day it came out i listened to it on the way to work i was able to complete it yes yeah, you get finished. you just get right through it got the full experience yeah on the way to work and that's you know people aren't really digesting music like that you know mm-hmm. like they people put on you won't get somebody's real opinion of an album until after they've listened to it at least five or six times which is good Mm -hmm. but the reason it takes that many listens is because they're not really listening to it the first couple of times you know they put it on and then they go off and do something their their playlist is just playing Mm -hmm. so their spotify is playing or their apple music is playing they stumble on an album they just let it ride you know people like ah this shit this is the wave this just rides out and it's like you don't need 19 songs to do that right I mean, I, I think that has a lot to do with the person, too. Because like you're saying with your boss, who just has music on in the background, that's perfect for him. Yeah. You know, you just put it on. That's an hour and a half of time that you can take up without having to think about what you're going to play next. Right. Right. So you just you pop it on. That's it. Right. And that's what a, <clears throat> a lot of people do nowadays. And streaming, you know, it's it's, you know, it's good and bad. It's definitely made it easy for like independent artists. To, to get their name out there the internet is a powerful thing yeah but now you know people don't fucking give a shit about making a, you know to kind of circle back to what is an album like yeah it's a good question because people don't give a shit about making a fluid cohesive project mm-hmm. you know well, and it, that's it, why daytona is so that's why i think it's so good and that's why i think it's so like different from what's happening right now yeah it's only seven tracks but those seven tracks could be one song almost because of how cohesive those seven songs Mm -hmm. are you know yeah yeah no i i agree i mean i i feel like it has more to do with an artist's intent as far as what a an album should be yeah so if if an artist intends for an album and mind you this is in a perfect world i know this is not how it works it has more to do with business like we were just saying but in a perfect world, I see it as just being if an artist has a cohesive thought behind a complete project, then maybe you should consider it uh, an album. Yeah, you regardless know? of the length. Regardless of the length, to a, to a certain degree, I, I feel like you have to have at least. I say seven is the bare minimum for yeah. me. <laughs> at least, right? At least seven tracks. And, and I mean, I've changed because before it was like ten. Yeah, that's ten and up is an album. Yeah. Anything below that's not. I asked on Instagram, what do people think is the perfect length of an album? And I got a couple of responses. One, a couple, most people said 12. Mm-hmm. One person said, <laughs> this person said 13 okay. with nine bangers, three jammable songs, and then one doo-doo song excuse me what's the difference between a banger and a jammable song you're gonna have to ask this person because i don't know i didn't even want to go down that road because (laughs) i wanted to know why a perfect album length includes a doo-doo song song. (laughs) and i asked i'm like why would you voluntarily want that and they were like well just a mental break (laughs) they said uh they said that every album is gonna have at least one song that i don't like i'm like what and then, and, then, and I asked him, I'm like, why wouldn't you just want a flawless album? Don't you? Why wouldn't you want that? Right. And they haven't responded yet. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, That's one take. I think I've always, I've always, I've always liked, for some reason, I've always been, a, I've had this, like, attraction to 11 or 12 tracks. Mm-hmm. They just, like, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I just think that's the perfect length. 11 or 12 yeah i lean towards 11 
I don't know why 11 songs. I don't know. I mean, a lot of classic albums that were made in the past, again, because of the the limitation of technology, were about 10, 11, 12 tracks. Yeah. Depending. But Well, imagine the... Because <laughs> a lot of artists from the past, like their imagination was only limited by the technology of their time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the reason... Uh, that's the reason James Cameron said he let, he made Avatar so late. It's because he was waiting for the technology to catch up to what he yeah. wanted to do. He he had that vision for years yeah. and years and years. I think the script was written for a long time, but yeah. he was just waiting for the tech to get there. Which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, I don't think the movie lived up to the hype. But no. But it was a huge success. It was a huge and, success. And a big deal greatest, when it came out. One of the most successful movies of all time. Right. In anything. Yeah. One of the most successful b- products. And now you can find period. it in Disney. Even yeah. though there's only been one out of the series of like seven that right. he's planning. Or so whatever. I guess each movie is going to be like eight or nine years apart. That's impossible. <laughs> the man's going to die. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, not with the current technology. He's waiting for that tech too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll keep James Cameron alive forever. Yes. And we'll just keep getting uh, avatars for every decade. The first CG director. <laughs> so... Uh yeah, I think it's it's interesting that artists now have almost limitless control over the music that they make and how they present it to people, you know? But do you think that is more helpful or is it more hurtful? Because we've talked ad nauseum about the benefits of constraints in art. Right. Because you look at like let's say Every if every album were like Kanye made um what was what was it the one that he kept tweaking Life of Pablo Life of Pablo then first of all we'd never have a finished product right secondly we'd end up with the George Lucas cuts right of you know CG filled mess right of Star Wars movies you know like there there comes a point where the limitations are a benefit because it makes you have to find a better way around the problem that you're trying to you know yeah get around yeah so it it makes you a better artist it it sharpens your craft yeah in my opinion i i I agree to an extent i think you're right limitations on anything will make you think outside the box once you're put in a box but in the inverse if there's never a box to begin with Mm -hmm. and your mind can just go wherever it wants I think you will find some really interesting spots there too, but you're right. Where does it end? Right. You know where? where how do you cut that off? I mean, I just I, I picture it as like you're at a table of food. If you're at, able to be at the table of food forever and eat forever, eventually you're gonna get sick. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like yeah. you need to have a cutoff point where you're like, okay, this is it. This is the end of it. Like yeah. this, this is the. But this but is the conclusion we, of the thing I'm trying to do. Here. We should be, you know, artists. We should we should let them dictate where that ending point is, and if they're not good enough or smart enough to know, like, okay, even though I can put a hundred tracks on this album, mm-hmm. I'm gonna stick with fifteen. Like, if if they're just like fuck it, uh-huh. and then they put out bullshit, then it's up. I think it's up to the artist to know where their limitations is that's, are. That's really hard. It like oh yeah, for sure. Artistic indulgence is everywhere whenever it's allowed. That's where you see like the. The indie darling director make his first Hollywood picture, and he gets millions on upon millions of dollars, yeah. and makes garbage yeah. because he has all this stuff at his fingertips, and right. he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's I mean that's on him though. You know, like as 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 the artistic person, it's like you should have the humility to kind of know your own limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it takes you a couple of projects of just shooting for the fucking moon. Mm-hmm. And realizing, like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have shot that far. And, you know, you got to crack a couple eggs to make an omelet, buddy. Mm. Know what I'm saying? You just get the jumbo eggs. Yeah. Or maybe you just get an infinite amount of eggs and you just keep cracking over and over and over. Just try to make the biggest omelet you can. And over and over. Six eggs in a cup and drink it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever tried that? Absolutely not. No? You know how much I'm afraid of raw food product? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's and right. For everyone that doesn't know me personally, 
It's one of my great fears. <laughs> I tend to overcook everything, everything, except for steak. I don't overcook my steak. Surprisingly. Yeah, no, because I, I, I respect the beef too much. Respect the beef. Um, Speaking of beef, keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a good segue, but fuck it. Um, but yeah, no, I am, I am, I'm definitely afraid of like raw chicken, uh, raw pork. I, I won't eat raw eggs unless it's in hollandaise, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, no, it's one of my one of my things. Get over it. Better safe than sorry. You like sushi though. Yeah, but I mean, it's supposed to be that way. I like guess. I'll, I'll eat the food if it's supposed to be that way. You know. Uh huh. But okay, I see what you're saying. But if, if it's not supposed to be prepared that way, I yeah, I'm right. not gonna no. I got to mess with it. I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah. Speaking of. Undercooked beef, raw uh-huh. beef, all the beef. Okay. Uh, Pusha T didn't just release an album. He also released uh, a, a disc record on that album called Infrared. Uh, none of this is going to be news to you guys. This shit has fucking exploded mm-hmm. and taken over the news cycle. All of the memes. All of the memes. Anything, anytime, if you look up anything music related, you are definitely going to get a whiff of, of this situation. So it I was get, on like CBS News. Like it was it's fucking crazy. everywhere. So we'll just give you the abridged version if you haven't heard. Basically, uh, Pusha T and Drake have had a long standing. Uh, Silent feud, soft beef. It's a yeah, an undercooked beef. An undercooked beef, yeah. Where they would like kind of throw uh, subliminals back and forth at each other, and nothing really crazy until Pusha T released Infrared, where he directly uh, goes after Lil Wayne, Baby, and Drake, mm-hmm. Aubrey Graham, and then Aubrey, not one to take beef lying down decided that he was going to release a diss record the day that Daytona was released to try to steal some of that thunder. This is a quick turnaround. It was a quick turnaround. A lot of people saying a suspicious turnaround. Mm. I'm also one of those people. You know how <laughs> I like a good conspiracy theory. You literally just said it. <laughs> I I honestly think that there's... um Some orchestration behind oh, the yeah. scenes. There's, there's some, I don't think that this beef is set up, but I definitely think that... You know, Drizzy's got an inside man or something. Mm-hmm. Something is suspicious. There's no way he listened to that album. Like, well, I mean, I guess if he didn't sleep, because the album came out at midnight. Yeah. So if he got, if he listened to the album and immediately went right to writing a song. Right. I mean, it it probably it could have been as easy as one person saying like, twelve hours before it came out, like, hey, yes. by the way, yeah. He's coming at you on this track. That's and that's what I think happened. I think somebody was at like the listening party mm-hmm. or something, yeah. and it came out, and he was like, "Oh, oh, okay," and he had like a day to kind of sit on it and write right. something and come out with it. So he comes out with the Duppy freestyle. Day of, poor old ASAP Rocky, who also <laughs> released his album Aww. Testing, and no one has given a flying fuck nope. about it. Which is too bad because it's a pretty good album. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's pretty sad. So then Pusha T comes back with uh, uh, the story of Adonan, and my oh my, did he take it to the next level. As as Pusha T might say. It is one of the most personal, one of the most disrespectful, just, uh, man, I I can't, it's, it's. It is. It immediately finds itself nussled right between a no Vaseline hit 'em up mm-hmm. style of of uh, response record. It is that. I, I would say if you haven't listened to it, pause this. Go listen, go listen. to go listen to Infrared Duppy and and uh, the story of Adonan because you you want that timeline and you you just oh, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Then shake your head. Uh huh. Just shake your head. So we can we can argue all day to the cows come home about the uh you know the disc record and who won and all this that and a third uh you know whatever um this thing is far from over yeah so yeah I I I think there's something coming yes it has to be soon yeah I would Drake's, say Drake's Sooner definitely got to respond right um 
I'm more interested in something that people have been talking about um, concerning the record, which is uh, Pusha T makes a reference to 40, which is Drake's producer. Mm-hmm. 40 has multiple multiple sclerosis and uh Pusha T made fun of that in a vicious way. Oh yeah. Uh he says your boy 40 hunched over like he 80 uh how much time he got left tick tick tick. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Uh, he looks sick sick. He sick. looks sick sick sick. And then he's like I got uh, I'm, I'm the devil or I got the devil flow 666 and then he uses the 66 the 6 drop yeah. the 666 right. I mean come on man this <laughs> fucking grimy Ugh. So people have been going back and forth about you know if it's ever okay to go that far Now my whole thing is this isn't the first time that anybody's ever said something to that effect. It's not. He's not breaking new ground by no, no, saying no. something that disrespectful. I, I feel like the only thing that he did do was break, not break that ground, but he he did that in a time where we're not used to hearing that right. anymore. Now, my question to you is, is there ever a line that can be crossed in a diss record? Is there a boundary that you think some a rapper should never cross? Or if they do cross it, that they did cross a line. Like there, there is a limit to like, hey, man, you know, hey, you're the rapper. Say whatever you want. But I don't think you should talk about that. Speaking as a non-rapper yeah. to a rapper. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I feel like there are multiple lines. There are multiple lines to a, a, a beef. Mm-hmm. So... On the surface level, you know, you talk about the person directly. You talk about how they look. You can talk about, you know, I don't know, surface level stuff. They're broke. Their raps suck. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's the first line. That's fine. Nobody cares. You know, yeah. that's, that's whatever. You're talking about them as an artist. Then you can talk about them as a person. Get more personal. That's another line. So, you know, you talk about maybe their, their personal past their history, uh, dig into a bit more dirt. And then the next line I feel is getting into their friends and family life. Yeah. Outside of rap. Yeah. In particular. And I feel like that's another line where a lot of people are that's that is the thickest line of them all, I feel. Where people if they hear something that is a personal attack on, let's say, somebody's kid, for instance, or somebody's wife. Uh, I feel like that crosses a, and a line that you can't kind of turn tail on anymore. Like right. That means it's really something heavier than just, you know, top line hip hop. Yeah. That's it. Like it's something more personal. That That's when that crosses the line for me. Do you think, do you think that they shouldn't though? I, I don't know. Depends on the situation. I mean, it's shocking. It's definitely shocking when you hear those lines that go beyond the music in a certain way. Yeah. Like that is the shock value you're looking for. Right. In hip hop. Like that, a, that's part of the culture. A, a lot of people said that, you know, well, not a lot of people, but some of his, some of Pusha T's detractors. Hey, stop it. Dog's playing in the studio. Mm. A lot of his detractors, Pusha T's detractors said that, you know, hey, he didn't really like. There wasn't any bars, you know. There wasn't any, like, dope lyrics. I mean, he just spilled some tea. That's all it was. And then a lot of people are saying, like, no, this is a diss record. You know, he dissed him. I think, you know. <clears throat> so, I guess, hmm. If you, all right, let's put yourself in their shoes. Okay. If somebody said something about, because Pusha T's whole thing is, hey, man, you talked about my fiance first. Right. Because he said his fiance's full name on a record. Yeah. And, you know, I, for one, personally, I'm a huge Pusha T fan. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know the dude was engaged. I thought, <laughs> I, you know. Right. So, like, this is this is news to a lot of people. he's not really sharing with people. Right. Right. And so, you know, as an, as an artist, at least, if somebody were to do that to you, mm-hmm. do you think, like, now all bets are off? Or are you like, hey, man, like... We're not going there. We're not going there. 
I mean, once he does that, the genie's out of the bottle for me. Like, I'm going right back at him the same way that Pusha T did. Right. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like sort of in this, in this scenario, it's like it, it really is a game of eye for an eye, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like all bets are off at that point. Like, yeah. So, so. Get as dirty as you can at that point. But that's only after somebody does it to you first. Yeah. You would never be the aggressor. Rules of engagement, man. You would never be the aggressor, though. No, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. I mean, unless. See, the thing that Push has been saying, the reason why he got so. Because I think we kind of like glanced over the the biggest controversy in this entire thing is that he has an illegitimate child that he's hiding. According to Pusha T. Right. So that that was the biggest like TMZ reveal. Yeah. And Pusha's entire like reasoning for bringing that out was that he, on a personal level, feels like if you're talking about how many millions you have, you shouldn't be doing that to a, your child. Yeah. So he said he had that information and he felt like spilling that tea. Yeah. So... I mean, that's his reasoning for it, air quotes, but I mean, it's just a a dirty line. Like, yeah. it's, you know, just something that I feel tarnishes what Drake is about right now, which is positivity. Yeah. And, you know, the whole giving back to the community thing, you know, yeah. like all that stuff like that completely tarnishes it after you, if you believe it, that he has this, this kid that he's, you know, being a deadbeat dad to. Yeah. So I don't know. It just puts a lot of suspicion. It does. It make it, it makes people speculate a lot, uh, right. and w- which is, you know, that's all really like at, at this stage of the game. If you push, like, I mean, fuck it. That's all you really need is people even remotely believing. Like now, I mean, I've seen all these think pieces and articles about like you know the the porn star who is the the uh, alleged baby mama and all this stuff. And right. you know, yesterday. Or the day before, when it before it came out, like nobody knew anything about this, and so it's 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 caused a lot of attention on the on the on the um, female and all this stuff, and on you know, like you said, it changes the perception of especially if it's true, right. it changes the perception of who he is because yeah, maybe he's a guy who's had a lot of women in his life, but at the end of the day, he's seen he is looked at as one of the good guys yeah he's, yeah he's looked at as a stand-up dude yeah overall yeah i mean he talks all about his emotions and like right you know it, he's never been like just this hard-ass like gangster rapper that's not been his thing ever right. but that's that's the whole thing is like you know who the hell are you to come at a guy like Pusha T, who right. is a gangster rapper who is a guy who like sold drugs and like you know this is a dude. The community. This <laughs> this is a dude that fucking look, man. There, uh, he he's he's been obvious. I mean, not obvious, but he's been honest since day one about the the drug dealing. Like him and his brother when he was in clips, they were mm. profiled on CNN. Everybody's been sharing the same clip of yep. them on CNN, and you know they came from a good home mm-hmm. and they sold drugs. Like Pusha T sold drugs because he wanted to. <laughs> like he just did it. Right. Don't you think that that's a more frightening person than a guy who had to sell mm-hmm. drugs to feed his kids? Pusha T just did it for the thrill of it. Yeah. He was just out there for the fuck of it. Right. Because he just wanted to. Just wanted the, the fucking, like he wanted to be risking his life. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make more money. He just wanted to be a drug dealer. Like, yeah. that's a fucking psycho, man. That's a, that's a crazy person to do that. I wouldn't beef with a person like that. Somebody said that uh, Push has had the same dr- uh, the same braid since '02. You don't fuck with a person like that. <laughs> you don't fuck with a guy like that. Come on, He's man. He's never taken him out. No. No. <laughs> and a fucking guy who you know. Oh man, people are talking about the the you know the illegitimate child and the and and all that stuff. But the other lines that he's saying in there are just they're just as harsh. Mm-hmm. Like the. Uh, afraid to grow your fro because cause you're not sure if it'll nap enough right. and you know your M's aren't really M's because baby's taking a cut mm-hmm. and I mean come on and man the, uh, the uh, I guess the single art for it too oh, the, the single artwork is the is another big thing that a lot of people are freaking out about right. so did you see uh, okay well first explain what well, it is yeah, so, so it, it's uh, it's Drake from when he was a teenager in blackface mm-hmm. and that's the surface level thing that the um he's taken like uh jim crow type pictures mm-hmm. 
So there's like, you know, there are people who are coming to his defense who said right. that it was a part of like the that brand right. that he was uh, that he was wearing the Jim Crow. Yeah. Some somebody uh, approached the photographer. Of, yeah. Of, of the pictures and uh, asked him, like, so what do you have to say about this? And he's like, yeah, I took them and I'm not going to apologize for taking them because it was Drake's vision that I was <clears throat> taking a, a picture of. Yeah. Um, and, and he he defended it completely, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's not racist if you actually look at what the pictures are. Yeah. Now, what you don't see in the album art is that it, this is actually a clipped image, and this is what uh, actually Lupe Fiasco's take on it. He, he chimed in on the entire thing. Of course he did. For some reason. <laughs> um, but he's like, yeah, you know, actually, if you look at the original photographer's, like, gallery of pictures, it's it's two pictures that are meant to be side by side. Yeah. So the first one is him in black, or Drake in blackface. Yeah, it's like a color photo. It's him smiling. And then the next one is a picture in black and white with him like looking solemnly. Yeah. So Well, that one's be, been shared a lot. Uh, yeah, but if you're just looking at the the disc record, it's like yeah, you don't see seeing, that context. Yeah, it's right. just like what the hell is Drake doing here? Right. So in the context of it, at least Lupe's take is like I can I can see the uh the juxtaposition of the black experience of like, you know, we have to smile in this one scenario, but then actually the reality of it's much yeah. darker than that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I mean, for the record as, as a mixed person, um, and him being a mixed person, but him, I mean, being, you know, people consider him a black guy, you know, if you want to make fun yeah. of him, he's, he's Jewish, blah, 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 whatever, right. however you want to go at it. But you know, he's black dude as a black person, him doing black face. There's, I mean, you'd have to be a fucking moron. At, to be a black person and do that and just for the shits and giggles like there's obviously a point to it so when i right. first saw that it obviously was shocking to see it at first right but then when you when you really just look at it for a second you're like well there's there has to be a reason yeah there's got to be an explanation some kind this. of vision behind this yeah thing. there has you know as ill-advised as it is right you know he's not just He's not just out here like these fucking Japanese game shows, just dre- you know, <laughs> right. just wearing blackface. Black just face, yeah, right. it's not you know. There had to have been, and he, you know, his is like the the Jim Crow blackface, oh, like yeah. the 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 um, minstrel show yeah, blackface. Yeah. Like it's not complete caricature. Yeah, so there's obviously a point to it. So I don't really even like engaging in that part of it because I think the people who are offended by that are not really looking at the whole thing, and they're just they're just a very surface level yeah. thing. Um, but kind of going back to to the disc record, the the uh, as a record itself, um, <clears throat> my take on it as far as like you know I asked you know, what you think is going too far. I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's a line that you can cross. Okay. I think that. I think that you, you know, Pusha T, for example, is is just he's just responding right now mm-hmm. these are counter punches right, right right he's letting drake set these up and then he's going well if you're going to say this i'm going to up the ante and right. say this which you know what makes him look like the good guy in this situation right he's just defending himself right. basically if, if, if he were to say these things as as his first assault and go this hard on his first assault yeah he'd look like a bully but i think that the only reason that they don't do that is strategy yeah not no, because yeah not because they're i don't think that guys who respond like like in push a t's uh, uh um and push a t shoes i guess mm-hmm. he's not he's not responding as he's not defending himself you know he's he's it's 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 strategy infrared right. was bait he baited him yeah and drake took the bait drake up the ante and he was like oh thank you Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you yeah, did that because no, now you've opened the floodgates for me to say whatever I want. Yeah, it was just a lure. Yeah. Just, just a lure to, to bait him into it. But but taking that example out of the equation, if if you know, if somebody said something about me and I had a bunch of dirt on them, again, the only reason that I wouldn't blow my load on the first track is strategy. Not mm-hmm. because not because I'm afraid or I need I need some kind of motivation to or go you that have far. Any ethics whatsoever? No, no. <laughs> There's not like when it comes to a disc record. You know, obviously, you know, you're not just going to go around saying whatever you want about right. people. You have some kind of decorum and respect and humility. But when somebody makes fun of you, 
or if you feel like you know you've got something to say about a person you feel like you got to be honest about it i i say fucking you know gloves off man in a in a a battle if 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 two dudes are battling like a real battle Mm. rap battle those dudes aren't holding back they're saying whatever they can think of Of, of the only reason that they don't say fucking uh really crazy shit is because they don't know each other that well you know yeah but I, i feel like that's more artificial what battle raps just like a straight up battle rap like you yeah know, they used to have the competitions back in the day and like yeah that is more of an artificial like i'm just gonna say the most outlandish thing i possibly can based on the little information i know about you yeah i will say whatever it takes you know like i i will say the worst things i can possibly think of yeah to hurt you well yeah but imagine if they had time to think about them and if they had you know more information on each other imagine See, the kind of disrespect that would come out and that, like i get that but at the same time there's a certain like you were saying there's a certain decorum within battle rap that i feel like you have to know it's gloves off like i'm gonna go at you as hard as i possibly can yeah and that has to be okay <clears> with <throat> you like that this is what we're signing up for yeah whereas if i'm sitting at home i'm drake and then all of a sudden i get you know this this response to me seemingly out of the blue yeah you know when i'm not even thinking about push it i'm like okay well I'm, I'm gonna have to respond to this now yeah like it, it just it doesn't seem like the same thing to me yeah i mean i i i think it is you know i think like um you know if if the yeah let's say you're drake's in at home and somebody tells you like hey man he uh he brought up the uh the ghost riding thing mm-hmm if you're if you're in Drake's shoes, you just brush it off. Yeah. You're Drake. <laughs> right. You're the biggest star on the planet. Yeah. You're huge. You've yeah. got a song out and nobody even knows the official name of your album yet. And you've got a song that's that's hovering at number one, number two for weeks on end. You just brush it off. But no, because he in him, mm-hmm. his pride was touched. Right. He was like, I can't I can't let this just keep going. Right. Even though multiple people have talked about the ghostwriting thing over and over to the point where it's like when Pusha T said it, people were like, ah, oh, this old bag. Right. But Drake chose to jump in. Well, and that's the thing. Like, all Drake had to do to win this, in my opinion, was not say a thing about mm-hmm. it. Just had to keep doing his I thing. I agree. I and agree. That's it. You know, he could have done another subliminal or something on a on a hit record and just be like, Here's a little throwaway line that you can interpret as a response to this. But I'm not going to entertain the fact that Pusha T is speaking my name. It doesn't matter to me. I'm above it. See, and that's the thing. He's not. Right. He went down into the mud. And now he's dirty. Exactly. Yep. And I think that once you go down into the mud with the other fucking mud slingers, Mm -hmm. you're down there now, man. Right. You can't. You and your fans cannot turn around and be like, oh, well, that's too much mud. It's like, you're oh, yeah, down yeah, yeah. here, bud. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. You're down here. Oh, no, no. And I, I, completely, I completely agree on that. And I feel like a lot, of the, a lot of the fan base that is crying now about the fact that Pusha T went, quote, unquote, too far, it's bullshit. Yeah. He invited this upon himself. Exactly. All he had to do was literally nothing. Yeah. All he had, had had to do was literally nothing, but he decided to become a part of this. Right. So he yeah he definitely asked for it. But I mean you know there's there's uh you know there, there's like like with Tupac with hit him up that was that was if you are to believe the narrative that was the first record you know mm-hmm. like uh big people say who shot you is about Pac but we don't know for sure. Right. You know, pocket. could have been a subliminal. Yeah, could have been, or could have just been a song. Right. Because I mean, they, you know, according to to them, you know, the song was recorded before um, Pac was uh, robbed at the studio. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you look at you look at Ready to Die, and it's full of death, obviously, uh-huh. and imagery like that, and songs like that. So, right. Like it, so it's, it's not a leap of logic. Right. It's to completely think that. plausible to think yeah. that. But Tupac didn't think that. No, he did not. And so he came with with Hit 'Em Up, which is you know by many people considered to be uh, the best disc record ever made, and also one of the most disrespectful disc records ever made. And by the way, side note for the people who are like, oh, all Pusha T did was just you know say a bunch of stuff about him. He, there wasn't any bars. 
It was that's what two. It, it was full of bars. It though. was. It was, and that's not even my point. But it was. Yeah. It was full of right. dope ass fucking double yeah. entendres and all kinds of shit. But they're just stupid. But <laughs> if you are to believe that all he did was just talk shit, that's all Tupac did. I mean, is that not the point? Is exactly. That not why it's we're a here? disc record. Like, what are we talking about here? Did, did I'm sorry. Did I? I didn't hear. Uh, Drake twist a bunch of triple and quadruple entendres and like you know he he didn't sound like Tech Nine or nothing right. he just fucking put out a freestyle. Let's relax, okay? This isn't gonna bang in the club. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know I, I just people who it, they're 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 so obviously biased. It's amazing, right? Like I can sit here and tell you that I liked Duppy and I thought yeah. it was a good verse and I thought like. Drake really needs to respond because this is a good verse. Well, and no, well, Drake came out with that or uh, push a TME. Right, Drake came out with that so quickly too. I was impressed. Yeah, I said, "Wow, this is a actually a a really decent response for how much time has passed." Which right, is almost nothing. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, he had me on his side. Yeah. No, I really thought that if if I, I said push needs to respond, and if he didn't. He definitely would have lost that. Yeah. Just just going off of infrared and then having that response, like you said, so fast. The turnaround on that was like eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is an unbiased look at, you know, just the way that that hip hop is. This is this is this is old school shit right yeah. here, man. Like people, isn't who, it great? It's awesome. Love it. This is the best. It's like professional wrestling. Think about it. This is the most exciting hip hop has been in years. It really, it really is. You know, we're yeah. fucking paying attention. How yeah. many times have you checked your Twitter just to see if like some sh- more shit has come out? Yeah. I'm, I'm rolling them all over <laughs> it, man. This is the most exciting hip hop has been. So this is good. This is yeah. good for hip hop as long as it stays on wax, right? And they just keep going back and forth, saying interesting stuff. Like this is the kind of shit that, like, when people say, like, uh, WWE, for instance, mm-hmm. WWE doesn't have any competition, and so the product has suffered. Right? WWE was at the height of its power and influence and creativity and critical acclaim. When it was competing with WCW, when they were both on top of the world, getting like 15 million people a night to watch the show, they had motivation. Exactly. And this is the kind of shit that breeds greatness, man. This is where people turn around and they go, I have to rise above and do something that people cannot. Nas's uh, uh, career trajectory was going, it was on a sharp decline. Mm -hmm. Album after album, worse after worse you can argue all you want but fucking i am and nostradamus are not very good <laughs> okay say whatever you want but the fucking guy has he goes from illmatic and it was written to i am then nostradamus they're not good to be fair be fair those two records are classics Ooh, what to, what to, oh it was written in illmatic yeah well yeah of course but i'm saying like it's hard to maintain that i mean whatever man I'm just coming up with excuses. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just you love say those that. records too much. You say that, though. You say that. But Kanye West, until 808s, well, I'd say you could probably argue graduation, too. But <laughs> graduation was good. I think it's good. Yeah. But some people say that, you know, they. That was they, the start of the decline? Yeah. But I don't think so. I no, think I think late registration is a great album. I think yeah. 808s. But you can't even say 808s is the start of the decline because right after 808s is Dark Fantasy. Right. No, 808s was a side project in my opinion. Right. Like that. Not even in my opinion. What am I saying? That that is that is a side yeah, project. Yeah, it's literally a side project. It is a side project. So if you if you just say his straight up rap albums, you've got late reg- or college dropout, late mm-hmm. registration, yep. graduation, then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That's four in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Outcast. I could do this all day. Outcast. Oh yeah. Goes. Uh, Southern Playalistic, yep. AT Aliens, Aquemini, Stankonia. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, it's incredible. Come on. Incredible. So, you know, Nas doesn't have any excuses. If we're going to say Nas is one of the greatest rappers of all time, he doesn't have any excuses for releasing two trash albums after two classic albums. Because then he turns around and he puts out Stillmatic, Still which right. is another classic. Yeah, and he did that because he had Jay Z lighting a fire under mm-hmm. his ass, and Jay Z in turn had Nas lighting a fire under his ass, right. and he put out one of his best records, Blueprint. Yeah. Right. So 
this competition is the best thing yeah. that ever happens to hip hop. Hip hop is built on competition. Competition breeds excellence. That's right. Yeah. So I hope that we just get a bunch of just more of this and just more more creativity and more fire and more anger and mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Me too. Did you, did you love this beer though? I did. Did you? I really did. I did too. It's really really good. <laughs> it's, it's really good. I wasn't good. expecting it to be that good. What would you think uh, as far as like a rating is concerned? Um as far as a rating is concerned. It's like we do this every every mm. week. Mm-hmm. Um I would give this beer Man. Would I give it a 5? It was really good. Do it. I'm giving it a five. Do it. There it it was. It was juicy. Uh-huh. It wasn't like bang you over the head with flavor until it's gross, but it had a good IPA bitterness, but also cut with that citrus that I love so much. <laughs> um, yeah, very very juicy IPA. I, a fruity, I enjoyed it. A fruity motherfucker. Um, I uh, I liked it a lot. <sighs> you know, I I wish I could argue with you, but I can't. Okay. It was delicious. Uh, it the the it, like you said it's an IPA but it it the the bitterness subtle mm-hmm. taste subtle that citrus that hint of citrus mm. subtle but but there yeah you know there yeah on each scope you're like it's it's like it's tart in the best way it's not sour it's not a sour that's that's a good point yeah I I said I think I said sour I I meant more of like a sweet tartness of like a a juiciness. That's mm-hmm. the only way I can ex- I can explain it. It's like yeah. it's, it's juicy. It's like a good grapefruit drink. Like yeah. grapefruit is very hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not a big fan of grapefruit drinks in particular. It hits you in the cheeks. Yeah, that's it. Up in the cheek. That's it. The cheeks. The cheeks. The cheeks. It hits you in the cheeks, mate. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you. Five. All right. So a uh, unanimous five out of six for the Green Man. Trickster IPA. Uh, yeah, I mean, this has been the One Baron Podcast. Sure has, buddy. For myself, Marco Dupa. For Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Yay. Thank you guys for listening. Always, always, always drink delicious beer. Have a beautiful evening. We love you. Goodbye. Shit out of my face! Thank you.